Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, Force users of all ages, and welcome back to Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast, where we get to the guts of what makes Star Wars meaningful to us. As always, I'm Dino Nicandros, and I'm joined by my good friends, Alyssa Simmons. Hi! Daniel Dawson. Hello there. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are wrapping up what has been an astounding eight weeks of television, The Mandalorian on Disney+, and they just released a gallery behind-the-scenes documentary, which we will be talking about. We'll also be wrapping up a year in Star Wars, because the only good thing to come out of 2020, seemingly, was new Star Wars content. We're glad you're here with us. We're going to talk about it all. (laughs) And by God, we're Star Wars fans. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Star Wars inside the Tauntaun. This is our podcast opening song. Alyssa, Daniel, and Dino talking about Star Wars. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Everything in this episode is in a stage. It's in the volume or it's in the stage. But if you look at the story, it happens entirely outside. So we're doing that for various lighting reasons and because the volume you know, will offer fantastic results. But we have to get a sense of atmosphere of particles to make, I think, this feel like we truly were in this location. We, we meant what we said. 2020 has obviously been a year to say the least to say the least but we are currently living in a renewed renaissance absolutely you win some and you lose some yeah that's right right you take and you give i i i take we gave a lot i take star wars and i give my career so (laughs) yeah literally yeah i haven't worked in over you know we don't mean that. We will be back, and we will be better than ever. Oh, but sure. yes. In the meantime, we've yeah, all sacrificed a great deal to get some pretty great Star Wars content. Let's talk about Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> so on the heels of maybe the greatest Star Wars moment in... Oh, my gosh. I'm still... 40 years. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, 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 I'm trying to remember a time where I felt as emotional as our, the last episode, but um, yeah. Yeah. I am. Um... By the way, my new favorite thing right now is uh, searching up on YouTube for reaction videos. Reac- <laughs> it's yeah. great. The genuine ones are really, really good. Oh, God. It's just so beautiful and sweet. And yeah, just literally every single person is in tears. And I, I'm watching like yeah. videos of people people videotaping their dads watching mm-hmm. it and like them going ah that's my man that's <laughs> oh it's just great so great um our our good friend Robert Orozco who we had on an episode like months months and months ago at oh, the yeah. beginning of this um last year yeah last I year think. his um you know as as many people from his generation his absolute like hero is Luke so yeah. mm-hmm. i and i knew that he and his family had been watching Mando, and so I was like waiting so? for the text message back from him <laughs> after the finale. And I was like, "Total I was devastation!" So excited to hear from Robert, and he was just like, "I just, just seeing Luke, I lost it. I didn't expect something like that to overwhelm me the way that it did." Which is yeah. like, I think, just totally wraps it up perfectly because it's like. You know, we had talked about like that. That was like the obvious choice, and we weren't sure that they were even going to go there. Totally, but we're so glad they did. And are we going to yeah. say like definitively that that was the best Star Wars moment of twenty twenty? I mean, uh, for, for lots of folks, it was. Yeah, well, I'll say objectively, like uh, it was definitely the most impactful. Um, sure. But we we actually had a really great year in Star Wars yeah. well before the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. We had oh, yeah. Clone Wars finale. Oh my god, that happened Ooh. this year, guys! I, that was that this year. Like that happened this year. Seven hundred years ago. Truly, truly. 
and the last four episodes of that oh was a film it was a it was a yeah. some like of a the full-length ba- feature film i'm pretty sure daniel and i because daniel and i were watching that uh together earlier this year and i'm pretty sure we right. <laughs> we, we had said this is some of the best star wars ever so yeah we've been saying that absolutely. a lot this year i think that Star Wars 2020, I'm going to make a super bold statement here, but I'm going to say Star Wars 2020 is completely owed. We owe just a debt of gratitude to Dave Filoni. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because I think that, and we'll talk about this right now as we, we dive into the gallery episode, there is a inherent reverence and respect for Star Wars and what it means. He just loves it so much. The origins of it and how everyone that, you know, is that was like, you know, hand making all of those props and original costumes and set design and all of that stuff. Just he he understands he understands the depth of what Star Wars means to people. Yeah, and I think right. I, he I I like I like the fact that he doesn't um use his breadth of knowledge like i don't want to say like not i don't know what i'm trying to say like he's using it again he doesn't use it against people like as a gatekeeper serving yeah as a like totally. he's like oh you don't know this you're like you're not as cool you're as stupid. me you know yeah <laughs> you're, I'm, you're I'm stupid. this doesn't I wrote this doesn't this with george lucas you know so yeah, you'll never right. understand this doesn't he's... matter as much to you as it does to me yeah, yeah all, no but yeah. he literally just loves it so of... much the storytelling and the characters and that I think is apparent in the best. He's clearly having a wonderful time this year. (laughs) Well, he's the true heir to George Lucas. And that, and Mm -hmm. that's, that is nothing against any of the creatives who have made movies after it was sold to Disney. It's not a slight on anyone, but he's kind of the, he and John Favreau, we've said this are kind of the Kevin Feige's. Yeah. And who is the president of of Marvel Studios, mm-hmm. an executive Dr. producer? That that is their role, as far right. as Lucasfilm is concerned, right now. They Apparently. are the kind of the connective tissue to all of these other properties. The and, glue. And with everything that's being rolled out in the next few years, that's kind of running tangential to, or rather parallel to, um, Mandalorian. Yeah. They're going to have their fingerprints all over all of it, and we are so, so lucky. Yeah, if there's any pressure, the which I'm sure there is, um, it doesn't show. You know what I mean? No. Like I, that's how like I love how cool he is about all of it. He's just like, yeah, you know, we're just going to make this and we're going to do that, and it's pretty cool. I really love Star I'm sure Wars. There's you know? abs- <laughs> I'm sure there's absolutely pressure, but. Um, well, I mean, as we're going to talk about in the in the um, the behind the scenes, yeah. like specifically, yep. like how um, as a, just like a, for instance about um, his inclusion of Ahsoka in the second season, mm-hmm. like he was just like, I didn't want to do it in the first season because I was just too afraid of screwing it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and he talks about uh, he doesn't want to introduce characters unless they have real utility to the story. And the way he approached Ahsoka's live action appearance was who is going to know enough about Grogu to reveal his name? Right. Like, how do we? It was something as simple as we need to reveal Grogu's name. Who's the best person? Who is the appropriate person to do that? And her history with Yoda and the Jedi Order. uh, It was was perfect. It was organic. It wasn't, it wasn't gimmicky. It, it was a, it was it was just a lovely introduction for her. Yeah, so let's just let's go through this um awesome Disney Gallery episode and talk about some things that stood out to us and yes. maybe stuff we didn't know and I mean there was sure. certainly a lot of a ton a lot of stuff we all took a lot of notes. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start yeah, I'll start with you guys. What what uh we don't have to go in any particular order, but what kind of blew your mind? Oh, blew my mind! Gosh, I, I mean, or I, or just or just interested you. Okay, doesn't have to blow. Your I mind. loved the fact that uh, I don't. This is just the first thing that came to my mind. Um, that Missy Rosas um, played the frog mm. lady. Um, the the person who played the frog lady also played Quill in season one. I was like, oh I my god! I didn't know that. And yeah. How fantastic! And also, what an incredible physical actor! Yeah, yeah. so good. To play 
those two very different roles. Totally. Well, and Pedro Pascal and everyone in the documentary was giving oh, her serious props. Her. Because yeah. the only uh-huh. way you make something like a frog lady believable <laughs> or, or you or you achieve audience buy in is lady. if you are really, really good physically. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um major standouts to me, I I love obviously um hearing from the costume department from makeup. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, the, 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 yeah, the, um, the, the making of all of the creatures. Yeah, like, the I creature just shop. loved, so um, cool. and I didn't write her name down because I'm an a-hole, the costume oh designer. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. she's brilliant. When she said, you know, she said she's worked on multiple Star Wars things, and mm-hmm. she just said, you know, it was so cool to watch, um, Tamara go into Boba Fett because she said his physicality completely changed and for you know the three of us are actors so we understand what a costume what a set what even a a specific pair of shoes can do to change a character Uh but um, it was just so cool to hear her say like his posture completely changed he went from being his normal self to having that armor on and he became this this gritty hard-ass gunslinger yes and um have you guys had that moment like in in your acting career because i I, it's definitely happened for me numerous times i'm curious if it's ever happened to you oh yeah for sure like where you're like i don't really really completely understand this character until you like get in the costume like oh that's what he's supposed to be got it okay for for me personally Physically speaking, uh, I played uh, Tweedledum in Shrek last year. Oh, yeah. Year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the costume is, e- like, enormous. It's hella light, but it's, like, enormous. And I hadn't, I, I mean, I'd, like, done my nerdy actor character research on who Tweedledum was and why <laughs> he was who <laughs> he was. Good for you. But mm-hmm. the second I put on that round <laughs> costume, yep. I was like, oh, oh this got is. It. This is who this is who this creature is. So, yeah, that that um, costume completely defined the the, the entire character and the entire yeah. performance that, yeah. I, that I did. So, that's awesome. But yeah, that was cool to that was really cool to hear her talk about that. Um, oh, my my um, favorite my favorite favorite thing. There were so many great things. There were so many things. I loved. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard talking about how how much John Favreau stresses the the realistic filming of everything. I'm so happy. Literally, just you just took right this out of my, out of my mouth. mouth. Yeah. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. I love it. You know, she said that they were having a lot of issues with uh, the pirate ship yes. um, scene with, and um, they had originally had a crane, you know, doing some like over the top right. shots, and uh, Favreau was like. Listen, if we were actually shooting at sea, you wouldn't in have the a crane the or anywhere, you wouldn't be able to have that. So, um, hearing her sort of talk about how how much that's stressed in Mandalorian, especially under the sort of confinement of them shooting in the um, what do they call it? The volume. Oh. In yeah, in the volume. Oh so, right, the valley. Yeah, right. So. That was super cool because she's like, you know, as realistic as we can shoot this and just like literally pretend like we don't have any special effects helping us out. Yeah. Then the audience is going to come on board with the storytelling. Yep. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to it's going to get lost. Really smart. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it is it's absolutely subtle, but it, like it really does make a difference. I think it is a masterclass in, in directing from yeah. all of these people. Uh, so that was that was a standout for me, but there are millions of more that I could chat about. Totally. What, what stood out? What stood out for you the most, Dino? So, going back to Boba Fett a little bit. Number mm-hmm. one, how much Tamara Morrison and Katie Sackhoff are absolutely enjoying their lives. Yeah, it's set. really like, sweet. These big, these big stupid teethy grins every time the camera and i mean stupid in a very endearing way oh surely they they are just so excited to have the opportunity to for katie to play her character who she's been playing for over a decade which never happens for voice actors y'all no 
it never happens, okay? We're valued in the booth, and then generally speaking, that is where it ends. If there's mm-hmm. live-action adaption, it's it's not going to be you. But Katie Sackhoff but, being who she is was... Yeah, perfect fit. Uh, this, was, uh, this was the perfect perfect storm for her. Yeah, nobody so could do it she better. was so it's excited. So cool and she had the support and love from Bryce Dallas Howard as well, being like, please, God, let this still right. be Katie Sackhoff. Like, let it be her. Well, and John Favreau voiced a Mandalorian uh, uh-huh. on Clone Wars, so he and Katie Sackhoff had actually shared scenes together, but he even remarked, we had never been in the booth together. Yeah. So it's just it yeah. was just so cool to collaborate in that way. Oh, and also that Dave Filoni and her have the conversation of like, you know, someday you're going to be live action, and she's like, Oh yeah, okay, yeah. sure, yeah, whatever okay. you say. <laughs> yeah, just such a cool full circle life moment for them to get to share that together. And then cool. and then Temura to put on the armor of the sun. Yeah. Having played both the father and the son. Yeah. And you can tell and how he, much it means I to mean, him. I mean I want to be his best friend. Yes. Yeah. All of the all of the footage they showed of him, I was like, yeah. I need more of him. Just being himself in my life. Does he have like? D- is he active on social media? I oh, don't know. I I would watch I, that not really. reality I, TV I, I show. Do, I, I started sure. following his accounts, and he's pretty sparse. But no, my gosh, he, he has such a a fire. Time. Oh my god, the fact that he requested the gaffy stick, like that, that was his yes. idea. That's freaking dope. We <sighs> talked about this during the that that episode, the infusion of Maori culture into his mm-hmm. fighting style, and to his 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 kind of code of ethics yeah almost which is so wonderful and really cool take me to my next point you really have to credit robert rodriguez who i think Mm -hmm. quietly snuck in as my favorite director of of the mandalorian even though peyton reed directed our favorite episode yeah robert rodriguez is getting his hands on the boba fett series coming out next year sweet wait is he doing it exclusively Oh, he's he's kind of the executive producer. I don't know if he's I the only if director he's on the only it. Director. Oh, okay, but, gotcha. But he his DNA will be all amazing. Over it. Well, amazing. it was amazing. It was amazing to hear him talk about like you know so many of us have been long awaiting this Boba Fett return. Yes. Yeah. So there's obviously a lot of importance. There's like a, an entire generation of people who thought Boba Fett was the freaking coolest thing in the whole entire world had his original action figure like so to hear him talk about that was really well and and there was there was two points there one point was he stressed how different he needed to be from mando right he he's a barbarian he called him a barbarian Mm -hmm. (laughs) which his fighting style the way he dispatched those stormtroopers was the most barbaric thing we may have ever seen in Star Wars. Yeah. But number two, when he was talking about staging mm-hmm. what ended up being a nine-minute fight scene, and this was my favorite part of the, of the documentary, he went into his backyard with his children. Oh, I love them, that. I love that. And put so them in Stormtrooper costumes. So and, great. And, and mapped out the fight sequence and then included action figures as kind of a previs yeah. compilation so production could see it. And they went absolutely nuts about it. And he, Robert Rodriguez was so excited. He was like, these are my people. They get it. This is so much fun. He also has a fantastic speaking voice. And I yes. wonder if he's done like a an audiobook or if he's on the call map or something. He like, seems I need, super chill. I he is cool to as the voice. other side of the pillow. Yeah, mm-hmm. his voice is like delish. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And yeah, playing guitar was... with Baby Yoda on set. Oh, God. Just, yeah. Which is now like the most viral thing on the internet currently. I think we've been blessed. <laughs> yeah, um, some other cool um, things uh, was uh, Favreau talking about uh, his his friend David Cho, who's a graffiti yeah. artist. Oh gosh, yes. And David Cho was like, "How come there's never graffiti in any Star Wars?" And he was like, "Well, there there are in the animated series, but not in a live action. So if I get to direct one, like I'll bring you on board and." Seeing the care and attention that he took to that amazing graffiti like alley in and the layers uh, in the first episode. Well, and 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 I I never I'd always wanted to go back and kind of zoom in on that graffiti because I always thought zoom there was hands. something there, but I was never sure. You see it in the trailers a of lot. 
Yeah, and just all the, like he said, you know, all the artwork sort of at the bottom is done by Jawas because they're not tall enough right. to, like, Yeah, it's such a great well, detail. And did you see the, the drawing of, of Vader and Luke? And yep. then yes. the, the Death Star? And I was like, oh, this is just so, so cool. Just so, so fantastic. Yummy, yummy um, stuff. And then they put uh, then they put David Cho in the episode as an alien. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you got a little alien alien background feature. So great. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, also just like I, I going back to just like the beginning. I mean, of the I, the fact that it's called, I I did. Am I the last person to know that it was called Huckleberry? <laughs> we never talked about it, but no, but perhaps we talked about it. Um, last was that year in the season one on the... one as well? I that was the code. So. That was the code name yeah. for the. Yeah, I had. I totally missed that. What an idiot. Yeah, you're stupid. <laughs> I'm a stupid damn damn butt face. Um, <laughs> I loved uh, going back to Boba. I loved um, the makeup designers talking about what being in the Sarlacc, like the stomach acids oh, and yeah. stuff, yep. would have done to Boba's face. Yeah. And how like they'd done a preliminary thing to kind of give him these like cuts They went and super burns. extreme. And yeah, I, I loved it. It was cool. Yeah. Um, so that was... Yeah, he was really more that veiny. That was super cool. It was really interesting to hear about the the lighting of the lightsabers. Yeah, so Ahsoka. you just brought the words right out of my mouth again. Yeah, yep. like I, I um, did. Is this the first time that they've used that? Like, did they do that with the with the the sequel? They did. Trilogy? They did use those types of lightsabers starting with Force Awakens. Okay, yeah, but it's, it's relatively it, new. Well, yeah, because it, it it really does like like allowing for such cool new lighting effect. Yes. Like, yeah, because that's something that sort of lighting, you can do a a portion of that sort of lighting in post, but not anything that cool looking. Yeah, no, yeah. N- nothing and beats practicality, especially in their you know <laughs> pod where they're able to like control all of the other lighting elements unless you know My for the, like, well, it, the two the two scenes that they actually shot on location i was gonna say in, um, in in her introduction like the the lightsaber's lighting is pretty much the lighting that reveals her you know what i mean yeah. it's like right. almost entirely from her lightsabers which is makes it look so cool yeah i loved that i loved um I loved her a bit. Well, well, uh, uh, Alyssa, so you were things. talking about you were talking about the volume, and and this was towards the beginning where one of the lighting designers was talking about how he was shifting mm-hmm. the sky to create the best composition possible because it's again this, this volume is a three sixty studio mm-hmm. and it's a right. hundred feet long and twenty two feet wide. And I want to play my video can, games on there so bad. Well, that's what it is, though. They're they're rendering it like a video game in real yeah. time, and they would literally shift the shift the image over to create any composition they want at any time. Well, this is kind of dope. I mean, I, I don't know. The, I don't remember if they actually really talked about it, but you could see it happening as they were recording. Um, but uh, to give to give the effect that um, the depth perception is really there. Um, like as the camera is moving, they actually have to move the screen as well. Sure. Yes. To make it look like it's really that far away. Right. You know, which I think is I, I never even thought about that, but it's so so smart. I mean, well, and another cool trick, and we, we gushed about this moment. Uh, when, are we when talking we're about inside the ship? Slave One? Yes. And the sh- the ship has kind of a gyroscopic. Movement where once it mo- it flies they're just showing off at that point. They're like, let's see what else we can do with this. But, so they <laughs> totally, built the platform, totally. but the the interior of the ship was digital volume wall. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just so creative. They made it look so, like everything was moving. Yeah. All so of dope. the the best creative minds are on this, and multiple people said in the documentary, like, you know, we are all huge Star Wars nerds and we're playing. Like, yes, yes this yeah. is our work. And and that's honestly, I think that that's something that comes out so much in Mando seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. Is this sort of sense of, like, childlike wonder and mystery that some people feel we're missing from the the last three films yeah we're like um, we're we're all we're all playing we're like we're yeah, we're in a big sandbox and, and, uh, we're all I playing together it was but one of the directors said like you know yes it's action but the thing that's sort of like uniquely star wars about it is that like even though there's a giant like ice spider 
chasing after you and it's really scary. Yeah. There will be like a funny moment, a funny line, a funny mm-hmm. physicality that brings you back into the sort of like Star Wars play that's right. happening. Um, totally. Which is so great. So, so cool to hear from all of the um, the designers on, you know, bringing the crate dragon to life. Well, and, and th- that's a great point. Doug Chang so he's basically that he's the production designer. He is the the look of Star Wars. Yeah. And he's he's been involved Lord really heavily since the prequels. Um and his whole explanation for what their development of the crate dragon was where Oh my gosh, so cool. where they they came up with this concept with uh as it grew it it would grow more appendages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah more and then Such they started out detail. with this hundred foot beast that they thought was really intimidating. And John Favreau kept saying, uh, we need to make go it bigger, bigger, bigger. And finally it's 600 <laughs> feet long. 600. Well, and him talking about too, like, you know, because the crate dragon never fully comes all, you know, his whole right. body never fully comes out of the sand. Right. He sort of equated that to, the Jaws shark. Jaws, yes. Yeah, and which is great. The more the more mystery that you can give this creature, the scarier and the more anticipating it's going to be. Like, well, and even so... deci- even even working out the physics of how it travels yeah. under the ground, and it, mm-hmm. they came up with this great concept of it using these sound sound waves to dissolve the sa- the sand around it, so it could yeah. travel quickly. It's like that is just. You gotta come so up with and you gotta come up with detailed. a science behind it in order to make it feel more real, like, right? And even if, you if you're not gonna it, actually we'll say that it. on screen, yeah. like as long as it m- makes sense to you scientifically, then sure. we'll believe it. Yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what's funny, and I, I, ugh, I'm probably gonna get a lot, a lot of hate mail for this, but <gasps> there, that's why I feel like sometimes in like, <laughs> in like DC comic movies, like I get a little bit of a dis, like, det- like detached. Because sure. like sometimes it just feels like they're doing it to because it looks cool as opposed yeah. to like oh this like like in my head even though it's fantastical and definitely wouldn't be a real thing it doesn't scientifically make sense so I'm I feel like the sort of suspension of disbelief right is, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 well and that that's a good point and and we don't we're not gonna crap on DC but no absolutely I will not because there is Mar- wonderful DC content out there but I'll me. say what Marvel has done really well to your point Daniel is they they set a or they created a set of rules and they stuck to it yep. yeah and yeah, they yeah. never take themselves too seriously mm-hmm. and all of like the serious still dramatic moments are earned mm-hmm. through character development and that's kind of you could see kind of Star Wars DNA in Marvel yeah, and vice versa, and and sure. it's never taking itself so desperately serious. Totally, yep. And uh, you know, man, that's that's actually uh, you you kind of nailed the um, nailed it on the head with um, the comparison to this show to the sequel um, trilogy. Yeah, yeah. You know, the sequel trilogy yeah. kind of yeah, maybe true. taking itself a little bit too seriously at times. But yeah. you know what? I do have to give the sequel trilogy. Yeah, and and we've given it plenty of props. Oh, it, it absolutely! Does yeah, many, we're not, it does we're not many hater, things well. We're not haters but, of the sequel trilogy. No, like no, no, but no. W- but one of the things it 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 gave us, and a lot of people don't know this, it gave us live action director Dave Filoni because yeah. on Last Jedi he was invited by Ryan Johnson right to kind of observe and and learn uh, you know what it takes to build a movie like this, and Ryan Johnson is a very accomplished director and. And but now have, he's playing with the big boys. <laughs> well, and and it should ease. I would hope it won't, but it should ease criticism on Ryan Johnson's adaptation because he had the heir to Star Wars yep. whispering in his ear the yeah. entire time. So right. when Luke Skywalker was presented in the way he was, there were other people saying, "Yeah, yeah, that, this, that makes sense. This checks out totally. Yeah, this yeah. wasn't him just saying, "I'm going to blow it all up just to." To, to blow it all up. All of this has been done with such love and care, and we won't always like every choice. Yeah. But it's now very clear where it's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> and it's our patron saint, Dave Filoni. <laughs> 100%. Um, this is going to be like really random, but it just popped in my head. But um, also, can we talk about, because I know that we talked about it in the last episode as well, but they like basically confirmed it in this behind the scenes. Moff Gideon? Um, is horrifying. Like the fact that, like, oh, yeah. 
that the yeah. the the stunt man was actually like, oh dang. <laughs> they were they were he was blowing through dark saber props. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was just a little too intense, but I think it was great. Because like he he knew he had to bring it, and he definitely brought it. Like yeah. good for him, so cool. Yeah, absolutely. It was cool to hear um, Carl Weathers talk about getting to direct a Star Wars thing. They skipped and... right over the the Gene Pant guy though, which I was very upset about. But that's fine. They did. They did. <laughs> they did. But but Carl Weathers had a very unique perspective, having been both a professional athlete mm-hmm. and then an action star for most most of his life. It made yeah. total sense that he has such command over giant action set pieces. Totally. Yeah, totally. and the, the, and it seemed that like the rest of the cast was like, "Yep, that, that we have every confidence in this man because yep. he just yeah. he and you can tell that he knows that, what he um, wants." He said just about you know shooting action sequences and action movies in general. He just he said. You know, make sure you capture the large strokes and then you get the actors in for all the little details. Right. Which I think is a fantastic way for a director to sort of like compartmentalize shooting something action packed Mm -hmm. is like looking big picture first, getting all those large strokes and then putting all the action in there to color, you know, the actors in there to um, to color it and give it give it more depth. Yeah. Right. And you know who I want to give credit to specifically? Uh, Gina Carano. Yes! She, you could tell season one, there was, not that there was an uncomfortability, but she, she, she's never really acted. So season one, she's kind of learning on the job. She was really in her body this time around. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I don't mean that physically, because she's always been a physical menace. Yeah, I course, mean, she's a, a, an amazing physical presence. She was kind but, of getting her feet wet in season one, and now she's like got all the way. But into you kind of saw yeah. her vulnerability this season, and mm-hmm. even the way she she talks about her character in kind of the press setting, mm-hmm. just her her acting vocabulary, yeah, has, yeah, yeah, has naturally increased. And I'm just really impressed by her, and you can tell she's just eating it all up. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and it was cool to hear Ryan Watson, the stunt coordinator, talk about getting to do with Cara Dune, like what he wanted to do with her yeah. in season one. Cause he's like, I know Gina, she's so freaking strong. Like I could throw anything at her. And right. he's like, and this season I got to, like I got to give her all the crazy, like body slams and head slams. She and wrecked people this season. She yes. really did. Um, but yeah, I agree. There was a, definitely a, a softness and a vulnerability to her in this season and just in her as a person and all the right. interviews. She's got more really... depth now. The, the, the peeling back, like the peeling back of the layers with her, her history with Alderaan. And she had some, some of the most, the more for such a physical character, she had some of the more still moments in this season mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she did a really commendable job. Definitely. Uh, so, so go Gina. Um, also, go Gina. Go, also, go, I would go, like go. to draw attention to the fact it looked like Pedro Pascal was having an absolutely miserable time on set. I think all of the rumors of him storming off are true. Oh, yeah, apparently. Oh, yeah. I don't think there will be a season three. He yep, looks nope. oh, They're simply canceling miserable, it. and everyone around him looks mm. simply miserable. They're by changing the title to Baby Yoda. So whoever, whoever, and I'm not going to say the person's name, they were so wrong, and I'm so happy because Pedro has a history in Hollywood of being one of the easiest people to work with right. and so fun and obviously talented and right I can't I can't wait for them to to continue to mine his story because he's yeah. he's a delight yeah he's just great also um, just saw him in the uh, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 oh which yeah he, he has three movies in. out right now yeah he's rather yeah. two movies and and Disney yeah. plus his agent is working very well for him right now <laughs> and he worked with Robert Rodriguez on we can be heroes which is on oh. Netflix oh. amazing so that's that's fun but he's having a very good year and I'm glad someone is yes noticed uh, one of my favorite quotes from the whole thing was uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and she was like directing some extras in in the back oh my of the God. scene. I know exactly what you're going to say. And yeah, she was like, and then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll pay. And then, uh, 
the the other actor who's who's a man like had the the credits had the money and she was yeah. like can you give her the the money ladies pay in my universe <laughs> yeah they're like yes bitch yes <laughs> and i just like all the details like that are just just great fantastic and really make it what it is and make it's, make the world feel rich and and meaningful and meaningful well and she's the one who said we're all six-year-olds here playing star wars yeah yeah. yeah that was her yeah and it's it's so true and I, I, one of those one of my favorite moments as well was when john favreau and dave filoni were debating whether they should have mando say mcclunky after <laughs> <laughs> After he hangs the mob boss up by his feet yes. on the light pole, he's like, should he say it? Should he say it? It's like, well, when you say it out loud, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, oh, they were also their, their, their conversation about, which I thought was really fun, um, uh, their conversation, because they, they went back to season one and their editing of the um, of Boba Fett finding Fennec. Um, yeah, and yes. and the sound design, and they're like, like he's like, oh, are we? Should we use those? And he's just like, he's like, yeah, he's like, and he was, um, just saying, yeah, people are gonna definitely know that this is Boba, but then they're gonna be like, oh, maybe they're trying to make us th- think it's Boba, and then they're thrown off. You know, right. I, I, it was playing forty chess. Yeah, literally though. Yeah, <laughs> it's very cool to hear like that those those wheels turning like. Like de- definitely like trying to redirect by like showing the obvious choice. Like but he knew he's like he they're, totally they're too knew. smart for this. They're gonna know within yeah. seconds that boot spur sound effect. It was it was very cool to see the behind the scenes on that because there was just so much. Um, just every every nerd, including us, were just talking about that moment and what it meant, and and then to see them talk about it was very very cool. So how many of these episodes do we get? This Last is it. eight, I think. This is it. No, I think that. I Wait think a minute, we all... just one. <gasps> We're only getting the one. Yeah. No, we got eight last year. I know they what? they they covered all of the episodes in this episode. I know. Wait, well, but I thought, I thought that this was just the gonna... director one because like they they because yeah. you know because they mostly just like. Well, here's the thing. The reason why I think there's going to be more, which is, is there not? Is there actually not? I mean, I I don't think there is. I think. This oh, is the I'm only so one. sad. That's so I... crazy. Because well, also because. Because 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 <laughs> they they totally like glazed over the the Luke. Well, okay, I'm glad you setting. brought that up, and I I think there will be footage in years to come that will leak out that the directors took on their cell phones. But I think the lockdown they did to protect the 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 fact that that was even happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they weren't going to include that in any supplemental material. So anything oh. that comes out about that, I think is going to be off like John Favreau's cell phone. That's, that's interesting. And I cannot wait for that. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's plausible. Maybe they didn't even, yeah, they're, they're really like, we're not even going to allow like really other cameras on no. set. And, and they are so paranoid about leaks that, I mean, Mark Hamill was literally celebrating the fact it didn't leak. When they yeah. That's kind of insane though, that they were able to keep it that like for yeah. a year more or less, you know, and but uh, I, yeah. but he was on. Mark Hamill was on set, and I cannot wait to see wow. some grainy cell phone footage yes. of that day because it will be so good. Yeah, so oh, neat. Yeah. Well, if that is the one and only, everyone should watch it. It's really great. There's lots of, lots of just lovely stuff in well, there. Well, and and I think two of my favorite images were George Lucas laughing with Rosario Dawson. Oh, oh, so, so special. The character he created originally with Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. and then George holding Baby Grogu, yeah. and them calling him Great Great Grandfather Lucas. <laughs> yeah, so that was great. amazing. It, it's yeah. just it's it's fun to have it all tie back together, and I think this is the first time in recent memory that Star Wars fans don't have a ton to to go at each other about. Yeah. Like, this was a pretty unifying experience and, totally uh, how wonderful for all the like basically all the star wars fans to be able to unite I mean, isn't it under so much one easier project. to just to just like it yeah to like it and if you don't don't just don't think don't the world out. ended yeah. <laughs> right, right. nobody's Honestly. attacking your childhood we're all adults here or yeah. we try to be absolutely yeah, yeah. just move on if you didn't like it there's going to be another there's going to be so many star wars correct there's going to be so like many Star Wars. Oh well, that, that sort of brings us to 
we should each one at a time go through and say what our absolute favorite Star Wars thing of of 2020 was since this is our this is our last episode this is our last episode of 2020 so let's do it Alyssa take us away oh it's me I'm first what was your favorite Star Wars 2020 moment I think it I don't oh my gosh don't poop don't poop (laughs) oh god it's everywhere don't worry I mean nothing is cliche it could be any any of them I think I think all of season two of Mandalorian honestly the whole thing just the whole thing I'm not even gonna pick a specific moment because I hear you it was so anticipated from last season and we were all excited but also worried could they live up to the storytelling and the father-son relationship and the action Mm -hmm. and the you know characters from from animated series being being brought to life in in live action form and that was just really thrilling and really um really special too to get to to see uh you know katie sackoff get to bring a character that she's been she's been Bo-Katan for 10 years now uh, to get to see her step into those live action shoes to get to see Rosario Dawson enter the role of Ahsoka with such like I, I just keep using the word reverence but that's the that's really it's, the word know, that's it's, coming to it's my good word. mind it's the, precisely the right word um and respect and how much research and care she brought to that because she knows how important Ahsoka is to this, yeah. you know, this generation of, of Star Wars fans who grew up with her. And, um, yeah, obviously the, the season finale getting to see Master yeah. Jedi Luke return oh to to come bring Grogu into his, into his flock. So, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> Season it's a two. damn good answer. <laughs> it's good that you just yeah, that felt Daniel. super not broad and very specific. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daniel, no what's, uh, what's your um, favorite? Okay, well, uh, I mean, I already kind of said it before we started, but I mean, I, for me, I guess probably the most special moment was definitely Luke's arrival into the series. Yeah. Um, it was um, something I'll never forget that the my that feeling that I felt like I'll I'll talk about that like probably like to my kids someday. It like, will be was, studied. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a very, very yeah. magical Star Wars moment. Um, yeah. If I was gonna pick like my best kid moment of 2020, <laughs> it would probably be not probably. It was definitely um, Grogu putting his hands up in the air inside of the. Inside yes. of the Razor Crest and <laughs> then like barfing. Absolutely. That blue, was blue 100% back the most cute moment. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's it for me. Dino. So I, I, I have two, and th- these two are besides the Luke moment because okay. obviously. Because yeah. we already talked about it. Yeah. We were a mess. Sure. So number one was Darth Maul in the Clone Wars finale. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say it. There is a, a scene where Ahsoka frees him from If you captivity. haven't watched Clone Wars, mute right now. Yeah, like whoa! 30 oh, seconds. Yeah. yeah, okay. Giant spoiler, but Ahsoka frees Maul from captivity once <gasps> Order 66 has been initiated. And he goes on a an absolute rampage which was so delightful for me because i am a <laughs> space fascist and 100 percent. i'm really not i just like i just like he's not he just I likes like villainous all the... characters because they're interesting yeah. they're complex that's yeah, right absolutely. and yeah. and maul has and i want to give a huge shout out to voice actor sam witwer who has taken darth maul these last few years and given that character such a tragic complexity oh my god yes and combined with the new animation techniques they used on Clone Wars, he was absolutely stunning. The uh, Clone Wars, I can't believe that was this year because and my same. mind was blown by it. I know. And I'm yeah, huge, I, honestly, I'm not a huge animation guy. And uh, <laughs> Star Wars animation these last five years or so has has blown my mind. Just beyond. So that but was yeah. one. And then Sam Whitworth's uh, 
screaming of Kenobi is iconic. Kenobi! <laughs> it's literally iconic. It's so good. I, I loved I loved how he said like <laughs> on the day he did that, I was like, I'm pretty sure I was spitting up blood. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Sure. He's like he's gonna have to get like his his hull yep. scraped after that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was number one. Number two was well, no, I have so many. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll I'll glaze over number two and go to a number three. <laughs> number two is all of Boba Fett, all of Tamara Morrison sure, is sure. Boba Fett. Oh yeah. Fett. Oh my God. Just I'll leave all that the there. Ghosts, We've talked about it. All of all of that. Number three was Bill Burr's performance in the the table scene with his commanding officer. Oh yeah. And that was so that was good. that and Alyssa had had focused on this. Oh, I love we that. Specifically talking about this episode, but that was one of the the best acting beats in Star Wars ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it really explained a lot about the 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 world building too. The, and... the capturing of PTSD and regret and shame, all within this devil may care mm-hmm. character. Yeah, and the complicatedness of it, it all. Was, yeah, it was such a brilliant moment, and it, that moment was made even more brilliant by the fact that Pedro Pascal. So he he has removed his helmet, and this is the first time humans have seen him without his helmet since he was right. a baby. Or a young boy, and his acting. Bobby had a baby. It's a boy, which no one focused <laughs> on. But and I noticed this. <laughs> I noticed this on the second rewatch. So Pedro is sitting there without his helmet in the presence of these two guys, and he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't look out of his peripherals, mm-hmm. and that's interesting because he's he wouldn't. Like he in... wouldn't because he's always worn a helmet. Right, right, right. And it's such a small thing, and it ninety eight percent of people it'll glaze on by. But it was like, it's so, it's so interesting. He's not he's not looking out of the side of his eye like like we normally would if we were. Kind yeah, of... you don't get side eye from this character. Yeah, it's that attention to detail. But that whole scene, he's like a was... cat. Yes, because cat. That whole scene was. Uh... <laughs> was amazing credit bill burr who yes. famously said star wars was stupid whoops. and anyone who likes it is stupid whoops and he w- he was trolling people when he said that but then john favreau asked him to be in it and he's like this is the coolest thing ever yeah. <laughs> he's like all right fine i guess i like it now god and and and, and to give credit to bill burr he, when when he said that he said it in a stand-up routine and he said right if you i, I make fun of things people like because that gets the biggest rise out of people. Of Absolutely. He fits. He's a natural fit. I hope we get to see him again. Oh, we have to. We, we're gonna. Those are my favorite Star Wars. Yeah, remember he's moments. gonna. We're do, they're gonna do like a whole Rambo series about him because he's been. Yes. He's in the jungle now. Oh yeah. That's right. That's right. They just kind of left him. He's like, good yeah. luck on this imperial held planet. <laughs> With no ship and. Where am I? <laughs> no supplies, but. Yeah. Uh, wow. What a year for Star Wars and. It's there's only there's only more the best coming is yet our to way. Come, the folks. best is yet to come. Um. Oh, you know what? I did want to bring up before we left. Um. Just about speculation again. Um. Just the the. I mean, I it it probably is just the internet imploding on itself. You know. And where did you, know, you look? What's, what did oh you no no no! It's not Reddit. where I looked. And it's 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 my it, it like it it's just uh. All the buzz about Mace Windu that's happening. Oh, like, like he had his that. birthday, and then Daniel then was everybody... duped by a happy birthday post. That's what. <laughs> you guys, no, so no, I'm I'm making, I'm, I'm poking fun, but actually, Daniel, but... you and I exchanged texts because I woke up and saw a a Twitter post from the Star Wars account that said this party isn't over. I mean. Ah! Happy I'm just saying, that, but and but you're we're we're not the only ones that are freaking out about this yep. because like. Um, the 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 internet is a buzz, and it's not just the social media. It's like people are writing articles about this now because they're like, "Wait, is is Mace well?" Windu Samuel Jackson around? keeps telling has been telling George Lucas for years, "I'm alive." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I it, it, it's it's canon. I'm alive, bitch. That's it. It's He's like, like I'm alive. I would like to have a job. You didn't <laughs> see me die, so I'm alive. But yeah, but to the point where um uh <laughs> my friend Kurt um uh texts me. About the beginning of this um, behind the scenes, and he he was like seeing 
um, I think it was one of Ahsoka's lightsabers, or I can't remember, but it like looked like it was flashing purple. He's like, oh my god, was that a clue? <laughs> oh my gosh. But we're, we're like, we're all reading into stage. shit now, guys. We're like, uh, I want him to come back so hard. It would be cool. If, I wouldn't uh, be mad if, about it. If there's a reason, I would be mad about it, because mo- uh, yeah. a lot of the things that went wrong are his fault. Right? That's legit. So, oh well, my god. Well, maybe you're going to get some... Some closure there. I hope Boba Fett gets his vengeance oh. on Mace Windu. Anyways, <laughs> so, yeah. Do we have anything else to say? There is so much in the pipeline. I'm a banana. I'm a banana. <laughs> Daniel's a banana, and it's well past his bedtime. You're right. Yikes. You're right. I well haven't past had my bedtime. Yet, it's so. 11 o'clock in Houston, Ooh, Texas. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Uh, but, but to sum it all up, we had a great year of, yes. of Star Wars. Uh, 2021 and beyond is going to be Look magnificent. Out. And we hope that if you're listening to this and you find yourself perhaps a bit lonelier this holiday season or things looked very different for you, you you have a place to come and, and nerd out with us. And uh, we all hope that, that things get better for you in the new year. And I, I believe it will. Same. I do too. Amen to that. And, Amen. Uh, sending all of my my prayers and good wishes to you all, and and to my pals Alyssa and Daniel here. Because um, quite honestly, this year would have sucked even more if uh, if I didn't have you two to talk to. Oh, and, no. oh, I love you so much, Dino. And uh, true, I have we're very, you we're too. Very lucky. We're very lucky that we found each other in this crazy world and that we can talk about star wars and life all the good well, stuff what a dream but we've got we've got some exciting stuff coming up we we teased a outside the tauntaun yes whatever that means yeah, yeah. just have uh, to we've tune got, in we've got some new bitch. star wars books coming out at the yes. top of the year the I, pre- I pre-ordered light of the jedi i'm so excited it's coming Book club? January 5th? Question mark? Uh, yeah, that means I'm going to need to learn how to read. Very exciting. We'll teach Daniel how to read. It'll be awesome. So anyways, uh, happy happy new year. If we Are we going to have another episode before Well, year, we'll see. I mean, but, I mean, there's well, still, when, what, when three days January left? When is January 1st? Friday? Uh, yes. Yes, I think, I think it was, is. I think this All right, was so it this for, is it. This is the this last. Is it for 2020. Oh, so. my gosh. Um, so well, anyhow, I mean, happy, happy, happy new year. Thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you all, and we're we're excited that some people like to listen to us freak out about Star Wars. But we'll see you on the other side. Come on back. Yes, Please? absolutely. Please come back. Don't leave us here alone. <laughs> all right, this is Inside the Tauntaun. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Daniel. And I'm Dino. May the Force be with you. Always. Oh, yeah.